welcome on, you on in to another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bally here to give you the latest in high school sports as well as collegiate and professional, all the levels here. Mitch is going to be back here with you uh, on a cool day here in Ohio, here to talk about the latest in sports. I mean, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, also some special guests to get to later on in the show. Action Pack Show, tons to break down, tons to talk about. Let's not waste any time. We will not, and uh, before, well, I'll waste a little bit of time before we start. We want to remind you guys, thank you so much for watching and listening and and uh, subscribing on YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe, hit the bell. Also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. Uh, you can also find us BigTimeSportsOhio.com and our individual social profiles. So, Mitch, we have the second week of OHSA State Playoffs here coming up soon to where uh, a lot of the schools are still in it. We talked about it in the last episode. A lot of your guys' uh, schools still in Stark County are still in the race. So I'm kind of just looking at the uh, the matchups we have here. A lot of the usual suspects here, Maslin McKinley, two of them as well. Uh, some other schools like Lake pulling out some victories last week as well as Hoover. When you look at some of the uh, the matchups here for this week, who are some of the schools that – have the closer matchups for the postseason that you think still could end up by the third playoff week in contention. I know we with Mass and McKinley, it's like, yeah, they're probably going to make it. They, they've been playing so well. But when you look at some of the other schools that have closer seeded matchups, who are the ones that you think could really make a statement uh, victory this Friday? Well, the, to your point, Mass and McKinley, absolutely. Mass and will have their hands full, Mitch. And let's just Quickly, this is a rematch of week one. They lost to Menor 34-21 week one. McKinley still figuring themselves out. That was the first of four-game losing streak. I feel confident in the Bulldogs this week. But to your original question, Mitch, Jackson goes to St. Ed's. That's a tough game. It really is. I can't sit here and put stock in Jackson, expect them to be able to go into St. Ed's and knock off, you know, the favorite in Division One. if we're being honest here. It's Lake. Lake came from behind last week at home as the number two seed in division two region seven. And they came back in the fourth quarter, Saulberger putting them ahead with the touchdown. They now host the number seven seed in Columbus to sales. That is the big time sports game of the week for Stroud. That is where Joe Dunn and uh, Dave Sheets will have the call from Lake on Friday at 11 PM. And then uh, Saturday morning at 9 AM, myself and Gianni Capuano will be out there. Lake, it's been a long time, Mitch. It's the first time they've won the Fed since the 90s. Now, can they add to this historic season and continue to go? The other thing that's very fascinating about this, Mitch, is if they win, they're into the regional semifinals. If Hoover is able to go on the road and win this game this week, it would be a matchup in the regional semifinals between Hoover and Lake. A Federal League matchup in which saw Lake get the best of Hoover this year. Keep in mind, Coach Baum had, we brought it up last week, and coaches don't like to look ahead a whole lot, Mitch, but he did say his kids would love another opportunity to play Lake again this year. Hoover thinks they could do it. Now, Hoover will have their hands full, but at the same time, I do think the way they played last week, knowing they played extremely sloppy, not Viking football, three turnovers in the first half, they still have their best football ahead of them. But right now it's Lake. I think Lake has a real shot to win this week and then potentially make it all the way to that regional final game where they could end up seeing Maslin. Seeing Maslin in a matchup like that would be very interesting against another uh, uh, Stark County team. Now, as far as some of the other matchups go, I'm, I'm looking at Jackson. They have a lot of work to go against number one, St. Ed's, and the Division One, Region One, the big boys. Uh, I mean, look. Jackson has a very good running back in Jason Davide, who's been one of the top, the top rusher in Stark this year. And uh, the offensive line has done him wonders, but I'm very curious as to see uh, what St. Ed's defense will bring to Jackson. The winner of that game will face the winner of Cleveland Heights and St. Ignatius. So it does not get much easier uh, the rest of the way. You also have uh, the matchup between, I think we said Hoover and Westerville South. Westerville South has only lost once this year. Um, I mean, and Hoover hasn't won multiple playoff games since 2008 when they made on that when they made that serious run. Uh, so we'll see what they do there. Northwest takes on Bookdale and uh, Canton South takes on Lisbon Beaver. As far as these games go, I'm very curious to see where you think Fairless will end up as the number six seed in Division Five Region 17 up against the uh, uh, third seed Lake County Perry. They're both nine and two. And listen, Perry is a juggernaut of a team, Mitch. We touched on it in our last episode that was just posted, you know, two days ago by the time folks were listening to this. This is a team that was up 60 to nothing with 135 to play in the first half. Yep. Okay, Fairless is going to have to play their most complete game 
and their most clean game. And that literally means eliminating potentially anything negative that could hurt them, which is special teams, which is penalties, which is making sure all guys are set at the same time, making sure everybody's on the same play. This very well, Mitch, could be Fairless's toughest game when you look at what they have to go up against in Perry. And I obviously know the deeper you go, the better the teams are, but just looking at what happened in the first round of the playoffs, Perry is a major threat. I am not ruling out Fairless, though, because they return a junior quarterback in Carson Colucci, who's done wonders this year as a junior after coming back from his sophomore season. You have Coach Sarbaugh, who you know is always going to have his team ready to play. You have an all-Ohio wide receiver on the outside. Their defense has been phenomenal. In fact, one of the Stark County Player of the Weeks for the Big Time Sports uh, TV show was one of the Fairless defensive backs from last week. Fairless has a shot here. And that's the best part is you throw out, it's a week to week basis, Mitch. You have to watch that film from last week. And you might say, wow, they, they do a lot of things. Well, but Fairless didn't play their best game last week. And Perry, for all we know, could have played the best game that they possibly could have played last week. Something's going to have to give here. I give Fairless a realistic shot. I do too. And as far as those, that that's as much as the Stark uh, slate goes. Also can central Catholic uh, will be playing uh, tomorrow, I believe, against, yes, uh, yes uh, I'm, I'm looking for the number two uh, Crusade or uh, Wildcats, excuse me, the Crusaders are central. And as far as, go ahead. I was going to say, and sh- uh, Northwest is at home hosting Akron Bookdale. Yes. That's one of their Star County teams. Uh, as far as Tuscarawas County goes, not as many teams left. Uh, we have the Garraway Pirates, also one of our games of the week, taking on the Ridgewood Generals in a rematch of week 10, in which the Pirates uh, shut out the Generals 29 to nothing. And we're very curious as to see where that matchup will go. Garraway, his offense has just looked dominant all year. Their defense has looked as, just as well. Ridgewood has been able to put up some impressive wins, but the, just not as much as Garraway has so far uh, this year. And uh, as far as the IBC goes, yesterday, the, uh, the the player of the year, coach of the year, and all county or all conference selections were made and the honors for the ivc south and the player of the year went to brady roden of garraway a great two-way player for the pirates as well as head coach jason wallach for the second consecutive season so congratulations to them also uh bunk millinder from newcomerstown was named the ivc north player of the year while his coach dirk gad took the coaching honors uh the trojans had six first team selections 10 overall i believe same as the pirates in the south so i mean that's just an amazing amazing run these schools have been on so far this year and uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about it with one of our special guests coming up right here after these brief messages we all have 206 things in common our bones keep us up and moving and we at cleveland clinic union hospital care about every single one of them from the tip of your finger to a brand new hip Our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Ben Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-49. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you, the customer, to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget, guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company.
And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast show, and it is now time to head over to a special guest here on the show. Uh, uh, it is Garraway head coach Jason Wallach after the Pirates uh, have their upcoming playoff matchup against Ridgewood this Friday. So, Coach, thank you so much for taking the time, and congratulations, by the way. Yesterday uh, it was announced that for the second consecutive season, you and another and a Pirates player will be taking uh, the Coach of the Year and the Player of the Year honors respectively. So I wanted to congratulate you on that. Hey, appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's an honor, uh, but it just goes to show the, uh, you know, the, the work ethic, the uh, discipline that, you know, that these kids really buy into the program, uh, you know, winter workouts, uh, off season conditioning, all those good things that, uh, you know, that, that make us, uh, make us a successful program. Uh, you know, we're very blessed to have uh, a group of kids that are, that are willing to, to uh, buy into the program and uh, you know, that, that allows us to have success. Coach, my first question for you in, and coming off the 48, seven win over Smithville last week in the opening round of the playoffs, you now take on a team that you played just two weeks ago. And it's a team you guys are very familiar with when getting ready for this game against Ridgewood, how much film do you look at from that week nine matchup in which you won 29, nothing, but also the film in which they just won in the first round of the playoffs to really get ready for this, this rematch and just for the second time in three weeks? Well, those are the two films we watched, <clears throat> you know, playing them week 10, a big rivalry game. Uh, you know, it's a big game for us, big matchup. And then, uh, <clears throat> you know, last week with them playing Berkshire. So uh, we had already, you know, studied the films from, uh, you know, the previous weeks from uh, when we played them in week 10. So, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> that's been our main focus this week is, uh, you know, the week 10, week 11 games, they're week 10, week 11 games. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's different because, uh, you know, it's the second time we're playing them, but, uh, you know, we're, we're preparing the same, uh, you know, we're expecting a lot of, well, uh, we're expecting their best and, uh, you know, they're, they're coming here Friday night to, to ruin our perfect season. And, and, um, <clears throat> you know, so uh, we got to be well prepared yeah, and ready to go. Well, Coach, um, last week you guys ended up being the Smithies in the opening round, and at the start of the game, we were there to see uh, your guys get on the first drive down the field, ended up getting stopped by Smithville, and for a second there, admittedly, we were all kind of wondering, like, okay, this might be something here to them. Your defense then completely proved us wrong by having such a dominating performance. When you have games like that, does it just kind of bolster your guys's? confidence on defense especially going into a matchup where you've already uh, been able to post uh, multiple zeros so far this season including uh, the generals back in week 10 yeah you know we started out a little slow offensively it was the first time I think in four or five games maybe even six games that, that we didn't take the opening drive and go down and score so um, <clears throat> you know, but we have a lot of confidence in our defense that's why we went for it there on fourth down uh, you know we didn't run a good route uh, uh, we threw the ball a little bit late, you know, just some timing issues there. And, uh, you know, it was able for them to stop us. But then, uh, like you said, the second play, Mason Elliott got the pick six. And, um, you know, that, uh, we've been extremely uh, disciplined defensively all year long. And, uh, you know, I, I always double check with Coach Wes, our, 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 our defensive coordinator, to make sure uh, he's okay with going, going forth there on fourth down and, and He's got all the confidence in the defense. I've got all the confidence in our defense to go for it there. But it was definitely a big uh, confidence booster, you know, for, for Mason to get that turnover, you know, for us to score <clears throat> and then get the, you know, I think like two plays later, I think we got another turnover, uh, you know, and scored. So, yeah, our defense has played really well. Um, and uh, it's it's definitely makes our job a little bit, a little bit easier offensively on those situations, on those fourth down calls, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, we've had a pretty – Stingent defense all year. Coach, you mentioned having confidence in your players be able to do that as well as your defensive coordinator. Now, a big thing is you returned some key players from last year's team in which your season did not end the way that you guys wanted it to end. How have you been able to take that loss last year with the returning players and coaches you have and kind of use that as motivation, you know, to granted it's one week at a time right now, but to get back to where that was and not let that happen again this year. Uh, that's, that's pretty easy. Uh, before each game, we play our storied rivals from week 12 last year and, and uh, just remind our kids of that feeling that we or week 13, sorry, uh, you know, and, and uh, remind the kids of the feeling that we had after that week 13 game, you know, being so close 15, 12 loss, 
uh, that we felt, uh, you know, we played really, really well. Um, they had a really big pass on us, a uh, really nice catch on a fourth down conversion, and then uh, scored on a double reverse pass. So, um, you know, the, that, that has really stuck with us, uh, it stuck with our kids. Like you said, we only had six seniors last year. Um, you know, we returned nine starters on both sides of the ball this year. So, um, you know, the, those guys remember that and uh, don't want to go through that feeling again. So it's pretty easy when you, when you have a, a storied rivals video that, you, that, that we can show each week. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> our guys have, have remembered that since December and um, have put the time and the effort in, into the weight room. Uh, like I said, into our off-season conditioning and, and, you know, our strength and conditioning program was phenomenal uh, ever since uh, that, you know, that second week of December when we started. So, uh, you know, that's our goal. Our goal is to get to Canton, Ohio, and uh, we'll continue to, to practice and, and do everything we can in our power to put the kids in the position uh, to, to reach their ultimate goal. Coach Wallach, one of those guys turning in from that team last year, obviously, was running back Ethan Miller, who's just been phenomenal so far this season for your guys' offense. And when you look at not only him, but what uh, uh, another back in your field, Dylan Sundler, are able to do, what advantage is that for the Pirates to have that 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 double punch of guys that can work their way around defenses, but also blast through them if necessary? Yeah, you know, it, it's um... – you know, Ethan got hurt there in week one in the first uh, in the first quarter and and missed quite a few games there, three or four games. Uh, you know, we really used him sparingly when he did return. Uh, you know, to hopefully keep him fresh. You know, for hopefully you know what ends up being a long playoff run. Uh, and Dylan filled in very very well for him. Um, you know, they're they're very similar backs. Um, uh, Ethan, three year starter. Um, you know, runs well, cuts well. Uh, you know, has good uh, top end speed. Um, Dylan, you know, he might be small, but he's mighty. He, he likes to try to run people over, not make them miss. You know, I wish there was more more times where he'd make that cut and try to make a guy miss instead of uh, sacrificing his body. But that's just the type of player he is. But it really opens up our offense. Um, it allows us, you know, to run our play action stuff, um, you know, and then uh, get into our tempo. So we really feel we have, you know, three aspects of our offense that we can be pretty good at. Uh, you know, whether it's running the ball, running play action or, or running tempo in, uh, in our spread package. So, um, but it is, it's a blessing to have two guys back there uh, and they work very well hand in hand together. Uh, I know Ethan would, would, would like to have, have had more carries throughout the year, uh, but we did everything we could uh, to keep him healthy here, uh, you know, for this exact reason, week 12, 13, 14, who knows, you know, uh, however long we might be fortunate enough to play. And then along with the, that running game, you have a quarterback in Logan Yoder who's been able to put up good passing numbers, also is, a bit, is very mobile. I mean, how big is that to you guys, especially in, in the postseason when it's not always guaranteed that some of these schools have a quality uh, passing game to uh, keep the offense as balanced as you guys are able to? Well, Logan is a, is a great dual threat quarterback. Uh, as you said, Mitch, he's a, a really good athlete to place quarterback for us. Um, you know, he's got a nice arm, um, you know, makes pretty good decisions. I don't know how many, I think he only has three or four interceptions on the year, 20 touchdowns, whatever his stats are. We're not a big stat stat team. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's nice to know that, you know, the, if we're struggling running the ball, we can throw the ball or if we're struggling throwing the ball, uh, you know, he can extend those plays and, and use his feet to hurt uh, defenses as well. So it makes it a little bit more of a challenge to uh, prepare for us. Now, Coach, like most coaches, I, I know whether it's playing for them or talking, it's hardly that you ever see your team play an exactly perfect game. This is a team that you play this week in Ridgewood that you beat 29 nothing just two weeks ago. What are some things that you and the coaches realize that you guys need to clean up advancing to play Ridgewood yet again this week? And what can we expect maybe to see both offensively and defensively from you guys again this week? Well, yeah, I mean, the final score was 29 nothing, but uh, with 1.6 seconds to go uh, in the first half, it was a 6 nothing ball game. Um, you know, we only had the ball four times in the first half. One of those times was a one-play drive because we fumbled a snap on the first play after a big uh, turnover by Ty Winters. So, uh, you know, we got to clean up the snaps for sure. Um, you know, we want to try to play a little bit faster to give us more opportunities in the, in the, first, uh, in the first half or in the whole game offensively. And... Uh, you know, we were very undisciplined defensively. Um, I think Ridgewood went on a 16-play drive at one point, and, uh, you know, that was aided by two offsides penalties that it was very uncharacteristic of our defense. So, 
uh, we got to clean those things up as well. So hopefully you'll see a more disciplined defense. Yes, we shut them out, but um, you know we, we're, we're real satisfied with the penalties, especially jumping off sides on fourth and four and, and third and or uh, yeah, third and six. I think it made it fourth and one, whatever it was. Um, one we gave him a first down. One we you know gave him you know, half a yard to go. So um, you know I, I think that's the two big things that you you, you know we got to clean up. Uh, you know, we, we felt we ran the ball okay, but uh, but I think we need to be able to have a little more success running the ball as well. And finally, Coach, I mean, kind of touching on that, with, with with going undefeated as you guys have done so far this year and making a potentially long playoff run, you know, barring what happens Friday, is there any particular messages that you feel you have to give along to your players to make sure that they don't stay too content with their past success to ensure that their minds are still focused in on uh on what's ahead or do your guys just kind of get that as they go along you know again i i know it sounds like a broken record but we're pretty blessed to have a a really good senior class that has 10 quality seniors all 10 of them uh start for us somewhere either offensive or or, or defensively and uh you know it's they're self-motivated uh you know um, you know, I, I tell them throughout the week and then on Friday nights, listen, I'm not a big uh, raw, raw guy. Uh, you know, if you can't get yourself uh, mentally and um, physically prepared to play in a game like this, then you're not playing the game for the right reason. So it's been pretty easy all year uh, just because it's such a determined group uh, that, that does have high expectations. Um, you know, they've set their goals very high in order to obtain those goals. Then, then we need to come up out and play well every Friday night, especially now uh, that we're in the tournament uh, season here. And um, so honestly, um, it's, it's been pretty easy um, just because of, of the group of seniors that we have. Well, Coach Jason Wallach, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and best of luck to you this Friday night against the Generals. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. And that is Coach Jason Wallach here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. When we return, we'll go over some more topics and get into more special guests here on the podcast right after this. Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing, quality from start to finish. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216 hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from 5 to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330 339 2288 to register or visit buckeyecareercenter.org. For more information. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Ballot. It's now time to go over to another topic for our show today, and that is some baseball because it is officially World Series time. We are three games into the World Series at the time of our last recording. And Mitch, it has been uh it's been quite a series so far. And last night, I think, really turned a lot of people's heads. Uh, as far as game even more so than game one did, I think, because the Philadelphia Phillies are now up in the series two games to one and last night, seven to three victory over, over the Houston Astros really, I think just put a stand that the, the series is going Philadelphia's way right now or seven, nothing, excuse me. And that we could be seeing if Houston's not careful tonight, we could be seeing an early exit and an early championship for this 
I'll say it, unbelievably upstart Philly squad. 87 wins during the regular season, and they're doing this. Yeah, this is a team, Mitch, that got hot at the right time. The Astros and Dodgers were the two best teams, respectively, on each side of the American League and National League. We saw Dodgers bow out early to the Padres, and now we see the Astros, not yet, but getting close to the point of the brink of elimination here and losing yet another World Series to a team that won 87 games, fired their coach early in the year in Joe Girardi, and now has an interim manager who you'd have to believe is going to get the full-time head coaching gig after this amazing job he's done. And the Phillies are just hot. And it's so awesome to see because you like stories like this. Like I, I, Mitch, I'll speak for myself and probably most people. I would have had no interest in watching a Houston Astros versus Dodgers World Series or a Yankees versus Dodgers World Series because I just don't want to see the big markets. Uh, I still don't like the Astros that they were, you know, the whole cheating scandal. I don't want to see them get back here every year, but I have said if there's a better punishment or if there's a consolation punishment, it would be them getting back to the World Series every year and then never winning it. I think it'd be hilarious. But to your point, Mitch, not only are the Phillies hot, I think it's safe to say the Phillies have the best player in all of baseball right now on their team. I think what Bryce Harper has shown you, what he's done this postseason run, keep in mind, folks, this is his first World Series appearance. He left the Nationals the year before the Nationals went on to win the World Series. Yeah. I believe that was 2019. Yep. And so Harper has never been in this spot. And now, not only is he thriving, but you saw the impact he's had. And keep in mind, he's dh This is a guy that broke a ligament or bone in his hand, excuse me, and missed a lot of time. The Phillies did not feel comfortable putting him back in the outfield. But he has become just this leader for the Phillies as a DH, which you don't really see. The big B comes to mind. Edgar Martinez comes to mind, but that's really it. Mitch, last night, something fascinating happened in that game. And, of course, the pitcher is going to deny it, Lance McCullers Jr. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to dive right into it. I'm assuming you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, eventually. yeah, yeah. As baseball players, and I played baseball my entire life all the way through college, there is cheating in baseball every single game. But it's how you cheat. And it's more so can you pick signs, right? Because that's it's it's common. You can, you can very well pick team signs. And you don't have to pick signs, though, when a pitcher gives a tell. And what I mean by that is when sometimes when a pitcher is going to go to an off-speed pitch, you can tell by his delivery versus a fastball versus how he has his glove versus if he moves the ball in his glove at all. And last night, Mitch, Lance McCullers tipped off way too many pitches. Now, he says, I got whooped. Mm-hmm. End of story. End quote. That was a quote from McCullers after the game. Did he? I think he's just kind of denying that he had a tell because that would be frustrating as a pitcher. And that's not something that your coach is going to say nine times out of 10 in that moment, especially for a guy who had not pitched in nine days. And that's where the issue comes in. I think McCullers having that long layoff, just, he had some good stuff. He's a very talented pitcher and a very reliable arm. But last night, I think you saw the rust come up to him and you saw the Phillies who were just one of the hottest teams in all of baseball at the end of the regular season. And now the hottest team in the postseason. but you saw Harper go up to a player mm-hmm. and talk to him before in a bat. And I believe it was uh bone. And then Bohm hit a home run his next at bat. So Bryce Harper was able to tell he's now hit two home runs on two pitches. It was his last at bat in the NLCS and his first at bat in game three of the World Series, which is the first at home game for the Phillies. His last two pitches in those two at bats were home runs. And he is as locked in as any players I've seen in a long time. I, I did notice that early on last night to where I think there was a video on Twitter that was comparing uh, McCullers. I think it was him warming up versus him in the game and his, and his leg. He was picking up his leg higher than he was in, in his normal stance. So that might have been the tell. And he's a huge curveball pitcher. A lot of his pitches are on the breaking ball, but he didn't throw that many, many times last night. Uh, it was registered that his first two home runs at least were on fastballs that he would just put in the wrong spots. And uh, but but that was the most home runs ever allowed by a starting pitcher in a postseason game, five of them. And I'm very surprised they kept him out for that as, as long as they did. But uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered because Philadelphia just dominated. The pitching was solid enough to do what they need to do. And this is a team that has, again, a two to one series lead over a yeah. team that won 19 more games than they did during the regular season. And you mentioned you're shocked they left them out there as long as they did. I was the same way, I think, Mitch. Up until you realize that the Houston Astros could not do anything offensively last night. And that's where a manager kind of has to step in and really kind of 
pick your poison because this is last night was game three. It should have been game four. Game three got postponed. Everything pushed back a day. Yep. With Dusty Baker doing that, though, he sets his team up to be able to go deeper into a bullpen now as they trail in a series. Sure. Because you knew one, I believe they had three hits the entire game. Um, just it, it was a just a clinic from Suarez, I believe, last night for the Phillies. And Baker, I, I think some people are going to be upset that why would you leave him out there? You let the game get away. He didn't, though, because your offense never came up right. any part of the game to show that they were there to fight. And I mean, so, the Phil- yeah, the, the Phillies got down five nothing. Yeah, right. They did. And so, I, I like the move by Dusty Baker. I think it actually does help the Astros now. And McCullers, once again, going back to him, Mitch, and you're right, that, that video servicing on Twitter, you saw the, the almost semi-high leg kick to a full leg kick. Um, you know, John Boy Media, who is a very, very great at breaking down anything baseball related, especially when managers and, and players get ejected. It's hilarious. So if you're out there, you need to check that out. Um, but he broke it down and he generally knows what he's talking about as do most of the people that work for him now. Trevor Plouffe is a former MLB baseball player who works for him, some others as well. The interesting part here is Lance McCullers Jr. now, Mitch, is slated to start a potential game seven in Houston. Mm-hmm. So now where is where is his head at? He admits he got beat last night. He's not listening to all the, oh, I wasn't tipping pitches. You know, I just got beat. Where is his head at though? Because after a nine-day layoff, you come out and you give up seven runs and you give up bombs to Harper, Bohm, Hoskins, Schwarber, and Marsh. You cannot have much confidence going into that, but at the same time, I think the reassurance there is game seven would be back in Houston. But now the Phillies can really push this any way they want to because now the ball is, if they win tonight to make it a 3-1 series, they can close this out at Philadelphia, which is exactly what they want to do. But if they don't and they go back to Houston with a 3-2 lead, you have to win one game in two opportunities where you've already stolen a game already. So the confidence for the Phillies right now, Mitch, has to be sky high on top of that team already playing way, way out of their mind compared to what they did in the regular season. Well, if they win this game four, it's over. They're not going to lose I, game five. They're uh, not going to lose game uh, five at home. Uh, that's a difference. That's a difference, though. Okay. On the okay. road, on the that. road, that's what, happened, that's what happened to the Indians in 2016. If it's yes. on the road, that's harder to do. But the, with the way Philadelphia has been this postseason, they're not losing games. They're not losing clinching postseason games in uh, Citizens Bank Park, which, which has been electric oh. the entire undefeated. Year. Yeah, undefeated. So something had to give, right? Because the Astros had been undefeated on the road. They were undefeated the whole postseason until the Phillies won Game One. The Phillies have been undefeated at home. Something's going to have to give here, and obviously, it showed last night it was the Phillies. So I, I do agree with you there. If they go up three-one, you're playing with house money for the Phillies because if for some reason they lose. You have to win one out of two on the road, which you've already shown you can win. And plus things are going to start creeping back in the Astros mind, Mitch, because it always happens, especially when your core has been there before. This is a team that had, that's been there before in the world series and they've blown some leads. They've had trouble closing out series in the world series. That doubt will creep back into their mind and you better believe it will not only the players, but dusty Baker. He is the only coach with as many wins as he has to never win a world series, his yeah. team done this before they were, they've rolled through the playoffs and they gets the world series and choke it was when he was the giants manager, I think back in early 2000, maybe Oh two mm-hmm. it's happened before. The final thing I want to say on this is this. And I'm tying it into the guardians. We are a team that puts the ball in play. They're a team that plays great defense. Also, a shout-out to the four gold glovers that we had yes. announced yesterday. Bieber's first of his career. Jimenez, Quan, and Straw, all first of their careers. Um, it wasn't even close in the outfield. Quan and Straw, we knew we were going to win that. Jimenez, we figured. Bieber was the question mark. Jose was a finalist at third. But the Guardians are a team that puts the ball in play, puts the pressure on the defense, and then plays great defense with their pitching. The big knock on them all year when they went up against the Yankees was this isn't a team that hits home runs. The Phillies right now, though, are showing you that if you hit home runs, you can get there if you get hot at the right time. This is why that all the pressure is on the Guardians front office this offseason to go out and get a big bat that can put the ball over the fence because that is realistically what's missing. You're not always going to be able to hit home runs, okay? You've seen it with the Yankees. You've seen it with other teams. I mean, the Astros, my God, how many home runs did they hit in that series against uh, the Mariners in round one and then what they continue to do to the Yankees? 
this should make the Guardians front office realize that they are Mitch potentially just one or two at bats away. You have to go out there and get a power threat, and you maybe need to go out there and get somebody else that's more consistent at a certain position in terms of average, and maybe they can give you 20 home runs. But the Guardians, obviously, unless they get hot, which they were going into the playoffs, are not going to be able to do what the Phillies have done until they make the necessary additions, which that is why I tied it in, because if you're a Guardians fan, you should be watching how the Phillies play this right now and understand the confidence they have, the swagger they have, and that that ballpark is electric, and it was when we were here in Cleveland, but you play a huge factor when the team is at home. And so that's just a whole way to tie it into the guards because they're just one bat, one bat away. I truly believe that, Mitch. No, I can see that, especially with the way they, they perform this year and, you know, they get that offense in check. They can do what Philadelphia is doing. I was thinking, I was watching that game last night being like, why can't we have this? And you, you'd think we had it in 2016, but I never felt like, the Indians were ever at one point the the mo- the the clearly more dominant team because the Cubs were always lurking. The only time you've had confidence of being the most dominating team was the year you didn't win it. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. 2017. And that just goes to show you. And and I don't. I'm I'm the go down a baseball rabbit hole guy because that's my sport. And I've always said, um, as crazy as it is, I I, I want to see a, a World Series championship here first, just because the Browns have sucked my whole life. If you go down that rabbit hole, though, Mitch, you already see people saying, well, they need to make it a best of seven every round. You need to do this and that because the best team should win. It's all about playing your best baseball at the right time. Did the Yankees not play their their best baseball in the start of the season when they were off to what did they 50 something and 14, I think, to start the season? And now they're they, you know, they trended downwards. They still got in, but Dodgers gone. Very similar to what the Indians were in 2017. Best team all year. No doubt about it. They're gone. Speaking of which, today is the six-year anniversary of Game oh, Seven, know. which I, I just I was, found out. So that's, that's I saw the else. I saw the video of me out in Gateway Plaza after Rajay Davis hit the home run, and um, I'm not a very big uh, take my shirt off guy, but my jersey was fully oh, off, yeah. and I was Should shirtless. Be. And, um, and uh, still to this day, all I will say is uh, two things: one, I thought the ball of Kipnis's bat was gone, and uh, two, uh, it, it didn't ring. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to get into another topic here on the big time sports podcast show if you're purchasing a new home the team at Hartzler's quality housing is here to help take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality locally owned and operated since 1978 Hartzler's quality housing has the experience to guide you through the process You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week just off I-77. You can also visit them online at Hartzlers.com. Hartzlers Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostrand Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance. Safety and prevention specialists utilize our VanCan assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business, and we can guide you there. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330 You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. 
And welcome you back here to the Big Time Sports Podcast show. Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bally here. And now it's time to welcome in another one of our special guests for this episode in Ridgewood head football coach, John Slusser. Coach Slusser, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. Congratulations on your recent uh, playoff victory in last week's 21-0 final. Thank you very much. Now, Coach, I mean, that win uh, you had last week against Berkshire where the defense really stepped up when it needed to, uh, a great performance all around. And as far as the offense goes, how did you feel you guys were able to uh, to put points on the board in that game up against your playoff opponent? Well, um, we struggled a little bit early. Um, we had we had first and goal on the half-yard line and, and didn't get in. We had a penalty and – a botch snap and we ended up not getting in later on. We had a fourth and two from about the 10 and didn't score. So it was one of those games that we were a little frustrated offensively, but we got one in before half. And then the second half, we opened with our first two drives being scoring drives. So we actually moved the ball really well. We just didn't finish really well. Now, coach coming off that win, it now moves you guys into the regional quarterfinals where you will take on a very familiar opponent and a rival a team you played just two weeks ago in week 10 of the high school football season, that being Garraway. We know you guys came up short on that side. However, when you look back at that game, are there things you can take away that get your guys ready for this winner go home matchup in week 12 here? And uh, what, what can we expect maybe to see differently from you guys this time around against Garraway? Um, <clears throat> sorry, I got a little bit of a cold, but absolutely. I, there's things we can take away from it. Um, you know, the whole night wasn't a waste of time. Uh, you know, we gave up some big plays. Obviously, we've got to try to fix that. That's not easy to do against Garraway because they have big play potential with some of their athletes. Um, but we definitely think there's things we can build on from that game. Um, you know, being different, I, I don't know how much different we'll be. Hopefully, the score will be different. But, I mean, you know, we kind of are who we are at this point of the season. Um, you know, I, I don't think we're going to go up to Garraway and beat them by tricking them. I don't think the staff at Garraway will be confused by anything we throw at them. So eventually it'll come down to our guys have to play better than their guys on the field. Yeah, and coach, I mean, you guys have been able to stack up well against much of the IBC this year. It's just that Garraway has been uh, that game a few weeks ago, got a little bit away, but you have the opportunity this week to uh, make a run here. I mean, if there's any certain message or, or drill or, kind of just main factor that you've been trying to get into your guys in practice this week, what has been like the main thing that you have to make sure your players really focus on to possibly take down the, uh, this pirates team. Well, that's, there's a lot for that. Um, obviously the one thing we want to limit their big plays. Um, you know, we, they just have so many good players that it's, you know, it's, hard for us to match up with some of them every play. So you, you can't take a play off. When you go back to that first half up there at Garraway, you know, we played a pretty good half and still found ourselves down 12 nothing at halftime. Um, you know, so we have to limit the big plays that we give up. And we have to play every play because it only takes them one and they can score on you. Now, Coach, this matchup is, is interesting because, like we said, you just played this team two weeks ago. When it comes to preparing your team for this, are you guys looking back at the film you had in that Week 10 matchup? Are you looking at the film of Garraway uh, from Week 11 and their win they had over Smithville? Are you looking at both? And is there any way to kind of correlate both of the films and and really get your guys in the best position to win? Um, you know, basically, we, we've looked at both, but – you know, basically we look at how they played us last time and how we played against them last time. And I've been coaching for a long time, but this is my first time where I've ever had a rematch in the season. So that's, it's kind of new to me. Um, I'm not real sure how we'll handle it. You know, maybe it'll be the exact same thing. Maybe it'll be worse and hopefully it'll be better, but you know, this is all new to me. I, I have not personally been in it. I know a lot of schools play each other twice in the season, sometimes with playoffs. Um, you know, it just so happens we got Garraway this year. Um, not a good year to get him twice in three weeks, but we got him. We got him this year of all years. Um, but here, here's a really good thing about it: our kids enjoy playing against Garraway. Um, it's it's a big game. It's a it's a close game. It's a rivalry game. It's always a well played game. Um, we've went at each other now all my 18 years, and they've always been good football games. And 
you know, I, I think the series is pretty even. So, you know, it's the familiarity part makes it nice because there's not many things that Garraway does that we don't know. And there's not a whole lot of things that they do or we do that they don't know. You know, we always try to throw a little wrinkle at them. They always throw a little wrinkle at us. They'll change a route or they'll add some new concept. You know, they, they take some of our stuff. They tried to run our, our jailbreak against us last time um, with, the, with the, the counteraction output. So, I mean, you know, there's always some little trick you got to be ready for. But for the most part, it's basically just the kids deciding on the field. Um, I think Jason would tell you this. It doesn't have a lot to do with him or I, X and O, and it comes down to the kids playing on the field. Well, Coach, uh, coming back to your win last week, and you had a great game on the ground from two, mainly two of your players on offense, including Josiah Cahill and Kalen Smith, by, both of whom, by the way, were just named as part of five Ridgewood first-teamers on the All-IBC's team. So congratulations uh, to your guys on that. I mean, what has it about, been about those two that have been really been able to uh, uh, centralize the Ridgewood offense or the bulk of the Ridgewood offense this season? Well, First of all, they're both really good athletes, you know, which always helps out. Um, I, I think the strength of our team is actually in our interior lines on both sides of the ball. So, you know, obviously we're running the ball. We're, we're doing playing to our strength a little bit because that's what we, we think we do well. Um, against most teams, we, we have a big edge in the, in the trenches. Um, that not so much this week with Garraway. Obviously, they're pretty good in the trenches too, but a lot of games, that's where, you know, we feel we have an edge, so we try to take advantage of it with those guys. They're both really nice athletes. Um, you know, we've gotten a, a help from some of the other guys, such as, you know, Shrocky and Quincy and Matt Humphrey and, and Aiden Sparger's giving us a lift. So we've got some help from other guys, but those two have been the bulk of it. Um, you know, again, scare away the last time we lost Joe after the second drive of the game. That, that kind of limited us a little bit on what we could do because – you know, I mean, anytime you lose your quarterback in the middle of the game, you, you obviously take a step back a little bit, and we did. So we're hoping he's healthy and ready to go this week, and that gives us a little bit of an advantage there. I was just actually going to ask, my, my next question was going to be, uh, when Joe had to leave the game during the second quarter, has he been feeling more like himself this past uh, this past week and should be ready to go by Friday? Yeah, it took him a few days. I mean, he was having some pain in his back and things like that, um, you know, Friday night, I thought he played really well. Um, thought he made good decisions with the ball, and you know we didn't have any lasting effects from it. So I mean, I'm planning on him, you know, playing sir to finish this week. But sometimes the best plans aren't always don't always work out like you plan. So you know that's just one of the things that could happen to Garraway. You know, it could happen to us, and you could lose a kid at any time. And try to just be ready for anything and be ready to go on. But we definitely feel better if Joe's in there and playing. And finally, Coach, I mean, this Silver Hammer defense you guys have had so far this year has been able to put up good performances uh, against much of the, the conference as well as the rest of your schedule. I mean, what is it about your defense specifically that can match up well against an offense like Garraway's who's been able to put up some big uh, performances this season? Well, as I just stated earlier, obviously I, I like our guys in the trenches. You know, um, our defensive line is a, a pretty good group of guys. They're, they're physical. They run okay. Um, you know, I, I think Colin Smith at the Mike backer is probably the best linebacker in the league. He does a really good job, makes a lot of plays for us. And, you know, our outside guys have just played better and better each week. So, you know, our, our front seven enables us to control the run game for the most part. The problem you face when you face Garraway is we can still dominate the line and get pressure, but it's really hard to get Logan Yoder caught and, you know, down to the ground. He's a, he's an elusive dude and, you know, anytime you have a dude like that that can extend the plays, that's a problem. I mean, we've had it the last four years when we had the Tingle kid. Uh, when your quarterback can move around, it, it prolongs plays, you know. Hopefully we can get him to throw it a little bit more. Maybe he'll help us out, try to keep it close and throw a few balls to us. That would be nice and, you know, get an advantage like that. Um, but he's a, he's a load to prepare for. Well, Coach, we thank you once again for, for uh, taking the time to join us today, and best of luck to you this coming Friday at Sugar Creek. I appreciate it, man. You guys have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Coach. And that is Coach John Slesser on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. We'll be right back right after this.
It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. Where you matter. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care. Where you matter. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for Introduction to Beekeeping, Basic Small Engine Repair, and Sign Language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast show. Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Bala. So, Mitch, it's time to go over to college football now because we didn't get to get, get, to, get to it uh, this past episode because the standings, the first standings for the college football playoff, or the rankings, rather, were not officially released. Now they are. They were released Tuesday night, and uh, there were some surprises, some expectations in there, and I want to go over them with you. So our, our, our top four for the first week of the college football playoff ranking is number one, Tennessee, followed by second, third, fourth, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson. So if the playoff were to start today, those would be the four teams that are in it. Uh, obviously, Tennessee has, has come out and just been a huge SEC surprise, uh, country wide surprise, rather, especially after their win over Alabama a few weeks ago. Speaking of which, Alabama ranked number sixth behind number five, Michigan, uh, Ohio State coming off a, a win over Penn State. That was maybe their first real test of the season. Uh, we also have Georgia in there and Clemson as well, kind of coasting on just their wins. So, you know, I'm not surprised where Tennessee has ended up compared to some people I've seen. Uh, Tennessee has just looked up so upstart this year, and they're a great story, and it's great to see them be competitive again. Ohio State, I was surprised they, they put them at number two because even though Georgia, because even though and Georgia and Clemson have been coasting and Ohio State had a, a good win against a top 15 school like Penn State, I don't know. There was just something about where I thought the committee might put Georgia ahead of Ohio State, but clearly Ohio State should be ahead of Clemson. Yeah, uh, Mitch, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Yesterday I had a conversation with some buddies here and, you know, they said any shot Ohio State's number one. I said, well, you could look at it as they potentially could because there are a number of undefeated teams, but Georgia did have those two games where they didn't look great going back to back with Kent state where they didn't even cover. And then on the road at Mizzou where they were losing until under eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Right. Um, Ohio state, you know, has been impressive in all their wins really, except for the one against Notre Dame. Uh, but I felt it would be Tennessee one. I didn't think there was any way Ohio state would not be at least two. I felt confident putting them two. Um, and I believe that they're ahead of Georgia because of the reasons are just laid out there of them not looking as dominant as they did in week one, the rest of the way against those inferior opponents. I am shocked Clemson's fourth. I really am. I thought Michigan would be fourth because Clemson has not been impressive at yeah. all. They're probably the least impressive undefeated team out of the seven we have in the top, out of the six, excuse me, top six undefeated teams in the top seven, Bama yeah, obviously yeah. six with the one lost Tennessee. It's all going to change though next week when we talk. Everything's going to change. Yeah. I think Ohio State, you're going to see is firmly at two, obviously, unless they get upset in 
uh, Evanston this weekend, which favorites they shouldn't, but fair warning, weather looks awful over 40 mile per hour winds, 70% chance of rain. It's supposed to be cold. Just don't expect Ohio state to have the most clean game. I know I'm not Ohio state will still be at number two next week because Tennessee and Georgia play this week. Yep. The question is what happens if what team wins? I truly believe if Tennessee beats Georgia, Georgia's out of the top four. I think you make the argument then that it should be Michigan or yep. does Bama creep up because now Bama's loss becomes more quality. Um, and, and what's going to happen then is you're going to have those two teams face off again in the sec championship. If Tennessee beats Georgia and Alabama doesn't trip up, which we're going to get into that here in this segment. Mitch, don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Yeah. And so things are going to change. Now, if Georgia beats Tennessee, Tennessee is going to kind of be fighting here saying, well, if, Georgia beats Bama on the SEC championship game. We should be in the college football playoff because our one loss is to the SEC champion. A whole bunch of nonsense. As an Ohio State fan, you just control your own destiny and you're fine. It doesn't really matter what happens at this point if you win out. It doesn't matter how, how ugly it is, how bad it is. If you win out, you're going to be in and you have the best odds, I believe, 58% of winning out and being in. That's by far the biggest odds of controlling your own destiny. You're fine. Um, and really, if you beat Michigan, that's going to square things away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only interesting part and we'll have to see later down the road would be who are they going to play in the Big Ten championship game? And, yeah, and yeah. Illinois, out of nowhere this year, Mitch, has all of a sudden been like, whoa, where'd they come from? Yeah. Brett Bielma, after his stint in with Arkansas, has now had the fighting Illini are are fighting and they're they're a good football team. So I'd be interested to see there. But Mitch. You and I talked outside the show. Yep. I mentioned to you something, and and keep in mind, I can finally get upset at this because these are the rankings that matter. I told you I don't really get upset with the AP poll. I can get upset with these because these are what matter. LSU at 10 and USC at 9. Right. Those are the two that bother me. Yeah. And I told you I think LSU is only there because they play Alabama this week, and they want to be able to say if Alabama wins, they have another quality win. Or if by some odd chance LSU wins, could LSU run the table and go to the SEC championship game and spring an upset? Could they be a two-loss conference champion that all of a sudden could potentially get in because they would have beaten Alabama and then either Georgia or Tennessee? Well, USC was already number 10, first of all, last week, and Oregon uh, was number eight. Now Oregon's all the way up, still up to number eight. But LSU was 18th when they ended up upsetting uh, Ole Miss in the previous uh, uh, week. So I can see why the committee is deciding to put them basically almost in the same spot where Ole Miss was. Ole Miss was number seven, LSU is number 10. So when you have a matchup of Alabama versus LSU, whoever wins that game could potentially end up as maybe at the fifth place team. Alabama will probably sneak back in if uh, Georgia were to lose to Tennessee and Alabama were to get the victory, although Clemson and Michigan's games would have to decide that as well. But if LSU were to win, then I could see them getting up to five or six. As far as Clemson goes, I still think there's an outside chance Notre Dame could pull off an upset here. Notre Dame has kind of rebounded pretty well since their rough start to the season. Uh, and Clemson has not been impressive, as you mentioned. But um, Michigan's probably going to remain up there. Uh, Georgia or Tennessee will be either be number one by this week. And Ohio State will probably, likely, it's one in seven Northwestern, Mitch. One in seven. Oh, right. I, I was more so saying don't expect. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not blaming you. I'm just 38 saying. point spread is huge. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Mitch, we've seen it before with these Ohio State teams. I think back to what was that? I believe it was the 2018 season. Yes. There's going to be a game here down the stretch. You'd have to at least think that Ohio State's going to look ugly in. Because in 2018, when they were running the table with Dwayne Haskins, they went to Maryland and they escaped by the slimmest margin at the very end of that game. And that was what people literally call a trap game because you had Michigan the next week at home. So just prepare yourselves for it. I I know it's probably going to happen, not saying they lose, but there's going to be an ugly game somewhere and you don't really play a quality opponent at all in the next four or three games, Northwestern, Indiana. And then at Maryland, Mitch. Maryland's, Maryland. Maryland's a trap game. Maryland's, Maryland's a trap the game, game because, I'm worried about. Yeah, Maryland's a trap game because they actually do have a winning record at six and two, third in the Big Ten East. So, yeah, that's the one where I'm like, okay, they really need to keep their heads on straight for that one and don't just look ahead to November 26th. 
where that's the one that'll determine who it's going to likely going to determine who the big 10 champion is. Cause as much as respect as I have for Illinois, they're not matching up to an Ohio state or a Michigan unless, you know, uh, CJ Stroud gets knocked out of the Michigan game or whoever it is for Michigan. Um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting Saturday and uh, we'll be watching all of it as much as we can. So that is all the time we have here on the big time sports podcast show. I mean, we thank you so much for liking, subscribing and hitting the bell, um, you know, podcasts, platforms, Spotify, Apple podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, you can also uh, find us on our website, bigtimesportsohio.com, as well as our social media at BTS Ohio on Twitter, Big Time Sports Ohio on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, at Mitch Spinell, at Mitchell Bala. Mitch, what's the fact of the day? This, this is a basic one that I think most people know, but hot water will turn into ice faster than cold water. I don't know how that oh, works. Okay, that's interesting. That's I wasn't what I've always known. I wasn't prepared either, so I'm just going to see. I'm just going to add a PNG of a basketball hoop. That's a miss. So thank you so much for watching and listening to the Big Time Sports Podcast Show.